All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Avalanche. On today's episode, it's uh, an off day for the Avs, the first of two off days. So we do have some injury news that we have to get to. And yes, technically the Avalanche do not hold a playoff spot right now. Uh, I don't think anybody's really panicking too much about it. But let's take a look at the teams that are around them and surrounding them in the playoff picture. And if there's any teams there that we really are kind of afraid of that could take a spot away from the abs. So we'll get to that and we'll look back at 2022 because we haven't been able to do that yet. And we're going to put a bow on that for a little while. We'll explain what we mean, but another episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you right now. You're Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Um, all right, some stuff that we're going to get to today. We will talk about 2022 and uh, what that meant for the Avs. Obviously a, a big year, um, but should we move on from it right now? With the way the Avalanche are playing, uh, maybe that's uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll talk about that. Um, and we will look at the Avalanche out side looking in right now of a playoff spot, but it's only January. It's not anything to be smashing a panic button on, but we will take a look at the other teams involved uh, that are around the avalanche right now. We'll take a look at that. Uh, but first we're going to start with some injury news. We did get some injury updates from um, Jared Bednar and let's see, I'm going to bring him up here and my cat's <laughs> going crazy right now. I don't know if you can hear my cat over here. I can't, now. No, no, no. Yeah, he, she's she's going nuts. She she fights with the water jug all the time. Like for some reason, she wants to fight with the water. But I mean, whatever. you got to pick your battles. I know, and and she's not going to win one against water. And she's a cat. <laughs> um, so let's see. So this is I'm just pulling these off of Peter Baugh's uh, Twitter page. Uh, we got Val Nachuskin and Pavel Francouz were skating. Josh Manson did skate as well. Um, Nachuskin and Evan Rodriguez will go. On the upcoming road trip, no guarantee when or if they will play. But, I mean, if they're going with them, you got to feel pretty good about them playing at some point. Maybe not the Vancouver game, but maybe thereafter they'll play that. Um, and then with, with Bo Byram and Gabe Landeskog, he says that they uh, – Jared Benner said that he does expect them to come back this season. So – that's kind of big. He kind of went on a little bit more about Byram. He said that um, his body wasn't responding to the treatment that they were giving him, um, but he can't give you an exact timeline because he doesn't know, but things are starting to come together for him. What are they what do doing to my poor boy? <laughs> I go off. What do you make of that? I don't that's, know. It's so weird. I don't know if he tweaked something and it's just not responding or if like something tightened up. And he just 
I don't it's it's the weirdest phrasing when it comes to rehabbing a quote unquote hockey LBI for you to say, yeah, we're we're treating it, but it's not responding. I don't know if he has venom attached to him. Um but that's it's weird. Oh, you're I think you're muted. There we go. We're okay. good. We're good. Yeah. I had to kick my cat out of the room. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, yeah. What, what were they giving them before? <laughs> what, what was, uh, Spinach? what was the, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they were trying to, to do before with him, but they, for whatever reason, he wasn't responding to it, I guess. And now it, maybe you just have to change the, 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 the medicine that you're giving him or, or something. I don't know. I, I wonder if it is like a, a, a tweak, like a knee or maybe like a groin. And the rehab and the process that they're going through, it's not getting any better and there's no improvement. So they had to go like an alternate path with the rehabbing. That's just what I take away from it. I don't know. It it sounded very scientific. And I was homeschooled, so. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I guess you can't get timeline on them is what what they're saying. So that's kind of... um, I don't know. Like, so if you had to guess, and I know this is not the best thing to do with, with players who are injured. <clears throat> if you got to give me a timeline for Gabe Landeskog, you got to give me a timeline for, for Bo Byram. And maybe Byram's the tougher one. I think that's easily the tougher one. Uh, Cause we don't know. We don't know what, when the injury happened, what, what the heck it is. So that might be a little bit tougher, but if you had to guess timeline on Gabe timeline on Bo. Landeskog will be back <laughs> on Valentine's day. You think it'll be then? Yeah, it, it feels like a mid-February. So that I, that I, ex- I expect both to be back before the trade deadline. Okay, I think definitely Landeskog before the trade deadline. Absolutely, he feels like mid-February, and Bo feels like that out of nowhere March. Calendar rolls around on March. There's Bo Byron. Um. See, and if you know, so, mid February for Gabe would, I mean, that, that's a full month past when they initially said, which is, you would have to think within, okay, within a month. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think, sure. Uh, yeah. Valentine's Day, maybe at the, the latest. Um, when, so the, the All Star game is the fourth and the fifth. So maybe, maybe sometime right after that. You know, I, I don't yeah. I can't imagine they would have him come back before the all-star game <clears throat> and then you get a break. I did a trial run. You know yeah. what? As I'm saying that out loud, maybe they give him a game or two right before the all-star game, then take those days off, see how you feel, re yep. reevaluate, and then <clears throat> start it. So that would be ideal. But if he's not ready to go, he's not he's not ready to go. You're you're not gonna force him back because look what happened with, with Nachuskin and him, you know, uh, having that injury the the surgery and then kind of re-aggravating it lessons learned there i don't think they're going to do it again with landis Gog, but i think yeah i think you look at the the all-star game for landis Gog and maybe just before if he's ready if not i feel like just after and then for byram it's a complete crapshoot for you know what i'll say uh my birthday is february 27th so we'll just go with that because hey that would be a good story for me anyway and you know, I, I I said like Valentine's Day for Gabe Landeskog and like March first for Bo Byram. 
I wouldn't be shocked if it was flipped. Hmm. Okay. Really? Yeah. Uh, because uh, it's all about how Bo's reacting to this treatment. And if you're getting terms like nowhere close from a 12 week prognostic, prog- yeah. yeah, like it, it you never know. No. So you hate that. You hate hearing that. So uh, it's honestly, it's you're, it's not so much the injury itself. It's how Gabe and Bo are healing and recovering. And that's what we're waiting on. We're just, it's not so much a, a definite timeline. It's when they're ready. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll see. They got the game against Vancouver. We'll see who's back for that. Um, but I think, you know, the fact that they're, they're coming back, uh, who was it? Nachuskin and Erod at least making the trip. That's that. That's good. That's good. Um, and it, this just has to end at some point, doesn't it, man? No, no. This is hockey. No, this is, this is going. This is going on forever. We just get used to it. It's it's usually it's usually not of names of this caliber and not this long and not all together. It's mm-hmm. usually sprinkled throughout the year, and we just kind of laugh and continue. But this isn't last year. This is all at once, and we're having to overcome this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's hear from uh, Bet Online, and then we'll take a look at the playoff picture for the Avalanche <clears throat> on the outside looking in right now. Does anybody scare you about uh, who's around them, who's circling the waters around the Avalanche? Any, any of those teams really scare you going forward? So let's hear from BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college to the college bowl season, which is pretty much wrapping up. I mean, is is there, are they all done with the exception of the, <clears throat> I think there might've been one or two games going on. Let me, I'll have to look. Is it? Yeah. Look that up because I don't know, man, like I've just been lost with the bowl season. I, that, that was always my thing with college football was I kind of tuned it out. Once the bowl season got here, it, was, it just didn't mean anything anymore. There's just so many bowl games, and like you know, the I love the names of them though. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any more coming up. So it, <laughs> it looks like it's just the the national championship. Okay, it's January ninth. So, all right, and you're not going Georgia on that one. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Uh, so if you love sports podcasts, who doesn't? You can find those at Bet Online as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more that's betonline.net where the game starts oh oh the genie was late genie was late my blinkers aren't blinking uh (laughs) all right so the avalanche and the playoff pitcher so we're gonna kind of review where they are with the playoffs right now and kind of the teams that are around them. And people are, are, it's just like panic mode right now for, for avalanche fans. I get it. And it's because of what happened last year. When you, when you win a Stanley cup the following year, it's just like, well, why can't we replicate that? And there's a lot of reasons why you can't. Number one is like, you don't have the same roster. First of all, you, you lost guys to free agency. Second of all, it's very difficult to do everybody's gunning for you and and when it doesn't happen i think the fan base gets a little antsy and i think you're seeing that right now it's they're in a four game losing streak people there are people that are flat out in panic mode um 
but it's 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 you're you're at a spot right now where you're still in the hunt. The Avalanche haven't just taken a free fall. Mm-hmm. And and to me, and I think I said this earlier, was like it's uh a thing where get into the playoffs. Like I, I am in full Tampa Bay Lightning mode right now. Get into the playoffs, get into the playoffs healthy, and then anything can happen. But you know, I think we have to come to the realization that like this is not going to be what last year was. It's it, number one, it's a different team. The injuries have obviously crept up on them, but that doesn't mean the season is is a loss and a wash. Yeah, you want to be in a playoff spot, but they're not right now. So take your your take on that, and then we'll get to these teams that are around the abs. It's easy to remember the teams that won the cup, but like when it comes Dallas wasn't a cup final. Nashville was in a cup final in the past 20 years. Ottawa was in a cup final. Mm-hmm. Anaheim, they've made it a couple times. And like these are teams that we kind of like laugh at and just kind of Montreal was in the cup final. Yeah. St. Louis well, and that won. was a weird season, but St. Louis <laughs> won a cup and you forgot about them. Washington, same deal. You don't want the Colorado Avalanche to be one of those stories. You want them to be a Tampa Bay, a Pittsburgh, a Chicago type dynasty, especially with how this roster is constructed. And it's not unfair for Avalanche fans to be disgusted with this start and expect mm-hmm. more out of this team. Because honestly, when you, we lost Burkowski, Jack Johnson, and Nods, mm-hmm. does that really alter? your team this much seems to be because it seems to be. Yeah. Last year, the team had 19 losses in total. Mm -hmm. They're sitting on 14. Yeah. It's something's up. Something's amiss. And we know the caliber. It's, I know it's the injuries. I understand that. Right. But you still have to figure out how to win games. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like, you know, we're talking about, like, playoffs and stuff like that, right? With the exception of probably, you know, and Avalanche fans are going to want to hear this. With the exception of, like, the St. Louis Blues, nobody really talks about the regular season if, if mm-hmm. you win a championship. Yeah. Unless you have one of those seasons that's, you know, where you just absolutely demolish everybody during the regular season – it's all about like what you did in the playoffs and if you won the championship. So when the Blues went from dead last, right around now, it was around like the, the beginning of the new year, dead last and just went on that run, that's a part of that story. Mm-hmm. That's a part of that championship. For the most part, people don't, when they're recounting you winning a championship, uh, if for the Avs, if they do it again this year, it will be... They overcame a ton of injuries. It won't be. They really struggled in the regular season because of injuries. It will be. They overcame those injuries and look what they the end result was. So regular seasons are, you know, people look at them now when you're in the midst of it and they put so much weight on them. Understandably so. That's how you get to the postseason. And and right now the avalanche, yeah, they're struggling a little bit. We all know why. But if they can get to where they want to go. Nobody is going to talk about the regular season in a negative way. Why would you? You won the stand. You won. You won a championship. So it, it it it's it's 
you know, there's a lot of pressure right now and it's not going the way you want to go, but that's why there's 82 games in the season and let the whole thing play out and, and see where we end up at the end and then assess the season. Yeah. Wait till the, the, what, what, if, if it's either raising the cup or a game seven loss, then you look back and say like, okay, now we can critique the season. It's tough to do that. You can only, you can only critique the, the games that you've played up until now. And the inconsistency that the team has been playing with all year has yeah. not made it any easier to swallow. Like losing games against Arizona and Philly, but then you're able to beat Dallas twice in a week and Minnesota, which are mm. playoff teams as it stands right now. Well, let's it, get none of that. it makes sense. It's hard to swallow, and you don't really know the direction of this team. Yeah. So if you're looking at the standings right now, the Avalanche are the first team out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're 41 points is one shy of Edmonton and Seattle. They're both they both have 42 points. Uh Seattle does have one game in hand on the Avalanche. The Avalanche have two games in hand on Edmonton. So those are the two teams. so we'll start with 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 wild cards. Does Seattle scare you for the rest of the season? Does the Edmonton Oilers scare you for the rest of the season? Someone who could bump the Avalanche out of that wild card spot. Honestly, I, I said this before the season, and I'll say it now. The Kraken scare me more than the Oilers, and I know Connor McDavid plays in Edmonton. I get that. But the Kraken are starting to figure things out with the pieces they have, and the Oilers still think they can make things work with the pieces they have. There's a difference in the two mentalities between the teams. And if Seattle keeps doing what they're doing and then continues the success going up to the trade deadline, I think they can add a piece or two with the money they have, I think they could really become a force to be reckoned with kind of ahead of schedule when it comes to Definitely the cracking. Yeah, putting this team together, I think they really could really break some hearts and end some seasons early. Yeah. So Seattle scares me. Edmonton, I feel like the game coming up this weekend that the Avs have will be your really good indicator on where this team stands against Edmonton and what Edmonton really is. So I kind of feel the opposite. And and the, and the reason I do is because Edmonton, yes, you're right about Edmonton. Uh, they haven't really, they haven't really fixed the problem of just being a top heavy team, but that team has proven they can make the playoffs. They can at least make the playoffs. It's, it's tough, you know, and they made it to the, the conference finals last year. That was, you know, and we all know what happened. But they've proven that they can, can get there with the way that the team is constructed. So because of that, and I'm going purely on, on history, I'm big on that. I'm big on, like, if you've been there before, you can get there again. The whole, you know, grows hair on your chest type of mentality. You know what I mean? Seattle hasn't been there. Yeah, they have a couple of players. Obviously, Burakovsky is one of them that, that bring some of that uh, different mentality and, and, you know, playoff mentality to that team, which they desperately need. That part of Seattle, I think, is fine. Seattle's goaltending is atrocious. It's horrific. Edmonton's isn't much better. It's not much better. You're right, but it's better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Seattle's goaltending is going to crush them as the season goes on and as it gets closer to those all-important games that mean so much in the standings. I don't have confidence that they can win those games goaltending wise. Well, so, that's what that's what the trade deadline's for. 
Yeah, and we have you to can, see what happens. Right. You can you can make deals, and the discussion is it's getting into the playoffs because that affects the avalanche between those two teams. Mm-hmm. And I like the youth when it comes to Seattle compared to what Edmonton has and what they keep relying on mm-hmm. because it doesn't take much. And one of those pieces could go down in Edmonton and that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot can happen. You know I mean? This is not just injuries. You know, it, it's tough to take that into account because you know what the heck is going to happen. But um, I, I just, and I think, like I said, with the goal thing with Seattle and a, a lot of it is like, they haven't been there as a team. Sometimes it doesn't mean anything, but whatever um and the oilers obviously have and yeah when you have mick jesus on your team like you are never out of it so i have to give the benefit of the doubt and and the inside track to edmonton being there um at some point where are they i mean and and they might not even be fighting for a wild card spot because they're pretty close to one of the top three spots in the pacific as well and colorado plays both seattle and edmonton in this month and like we talked about in the first segment, you're getting Erod back, you're getting Nuke back, you're getting a lot of players back. So this is going to be a good indicator on what these two teams actually are and how Colorado stacks up against them. And if this is a Colorado Avalanche team that could jump them when it comes to this marathon of the season that's left, it's not such a sprint. We still have a little bit of time to go. Yeah, The Avalanche could play the long game. Could they... Are they a caliber of team that could beat these two teams and jump them in the standings? Yeah. All right. Let's look at the you know the central um, as it stands right now. You have Dallas is in first, fifty-two points. Um, I'm not going off points percentage. I'm just going off points. Uh, Winnipeg with forty-seven points. Minnesota is in third right now with forty-four. Um, and Minnesota with those forty-four has played the same amount of games as the Avalanche. The Avs have one game in hand against Winnipeg and two games in hand against Dallas, who they're trailing by 11 points right now. Can't look at Dallas. Uh, you can't really look at, at Winnipeg right now because they're six points ahead of you. Minnesota, they're within striking distance, yeah. right? So you're looking at them. Um, and you just that, that's what you have to do. Like I don't think you can get too concerned with the wild card right now. Focus on your division. Focus on the team that's directly above you. That's Minnesota. Three points ahead of you. That's clearly doable. That, that's yes. not out of the realm of like we can't catch them. And they're a good team. And since the Avalanche played Minnesota last time, Minnesota has acquired Ryan Reeves. So they're a tougher team. Hmm. So what does Minnesota and how does that mix between the two? That That's interesting because we have Minnesota coming up. Um. I, I'm curious to see how that matchup goes. I think we can catch them because they are still a hot and cold team. But all teams in the top of the Central, they could win by five. They could lose by five. Dallas, Winnipeg, and Minnesota, they they have hot and cold. Dallas has been able to put more wins together in a streak-type format. But Minnesota, yeah, um, is that's an easy <clears throat> jump. I'm impressed by Dallas because... They started it to come back down to earth a little bit, and I was like, "All right, well, that's that's kind of what we all expected." And then they got it together and started playing well again. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I maybe they'll go through that again, uh, kind of like a little slump, like the Avalanche are going through right now. And if they do, that's when the Avalanche have to pounce on it and then try to close that gap 
you're focusing on the team ahead of you. And while in the process of doing that, you're closing the gap, hopefully, of the team that's above them with Winnipeg. And then you just slowly, methodically work your way up. The teams that are below the Avalanche right now in the no playoff category, the team that's directly below them, St. Louis. St. Louis has got 37 points. So they're four points behind the Avs. And the Avalanche do have a game in hand on them. Uh, Nashville, 36 points. Nashville has a game in hand on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Canucks have 35 points. They've both played 36 games. And then you have Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, and the Blackhawks, who are, you know, more or less out of it. Arizona, not too bad, man. Yeah. Arizona is playing much better than a lot of people give them credit for. So uh, 31 points. So they're 10 points behind the Avs. So I'm not really scared by any of those teams. Like the Blues, especially with those injuries that they just sustained, you know, with O'Reilly and uh, Tarasenko, that that crushes them. Nashville has just been so inconsistent this year. So has Vancouver. So there's no teams below the Avalanche where I'm like, that team, how we're talking about how the Avalanche got to catch up to Minnesota, there's no team below them right now that I'm feeling like they could catch up to the Avalanche. And the Avalanche, this is all conditional on if the Avalanche can figure it out and start playing as a team again instead of a bunch of individuals on if they can make it. But if you're a team that's looking up to Colorado and the more the World Hockey Juniors are going on and you start to see this Connor Bedard kid, you start yeah, thinking. He's insane. You start mm-hmm. thinking, where's our position in the lottery going to be? You have to start, you, you, yeah, like, I mean, especially like Arizona, you have your Chicago's. Are we about to make a move or two or three at the deadline that's going to push us into the playoffs? What are we playing for? Do we need to? Are you suggesting the Avalanche are? Oh no no no! Throwing... I'm talking about the teams behind us. <clears throat> okay, you know what, man? Like the, the the suits in in the offices will think about that. Players aren't thinking about no. Play, players are playing for themselves. They're not. Players are not playing for Connor Bedard. No, <laughs> they're it... not. You know what it, I mean? That you gotta you gotta think like the Avs are maybe one two moves away from being a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Would you gotta these teams behind the Avalanche clearly are not going to change their season? You like Nashville? Yeah. What you see is what you get. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like the 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 suits will be making decisions. Yes, they will say like, all right, we're throwing in the towel here. And let's make some move. Let's get rid of some of our like key assets, which in turn will help or hurt what's on the ice. Yes. So the players aren't going to dive, but it, it, when, when they're just if if you know a GM has gotten rid of your best chances, yep. that kind of just works itself out on the ice anyway. So and those pieces help those the teams that are above us and the Colorado Avalanche because you can start right. using yeah. those pieces to yeah. solidify your. <laughs> place in the race it's weird because last year the east was like like that race was over yeah it was i think it was boston who was like the the second wild card team last year and they were like 15 points ahead of the team that was the first team out of the playoff which i think was detroit at the time there was no race at all uh going on in the east um and now this year it's it's a little bit closer in the east and in the west while you have teams like St. Louis that are still in the mix, and like we said, Nashville, it's almost like this 
last year's East is this year's West, where it's you have Colorado who's just on the outside looking in, um, and then all the teams above them. And that's what it's going to be. Like It doesn't really seem like this is going to be one of those come down to the wires where you have five teams battling it out. Yeah. So the Avalanche are positioned well. They, yeah. they are. like It's not what you want. Sure, you want to be at the top of the standings, um, and they're not playing well right now. But taking all this into account, I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried at all. All the teams that we listed that are above Colorado right now, it's not your Boston. It's not your New Jersey in right. the East where you it's over. The Avalanche could put their pieces back together, healed players that are coming back to this team, add a piece or two. You can easily jump into that third, second, possibly the first place spot in the Central. The you season's not around. over. No. You can really work up this ladder where last year in the East, it was just maintain and hold. You're not going to climb. This is a climbable ladder. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So hopefully some people uh, that gives some people some different uh, viewpoint on how things are going instead of just looking at what the avalanche are doing and how they're not playing well. And, you know, let's throw in the towel. Uh, taking the other teams and divisions into account and how things are stacked up for them not as doom and gloom as a four game losing streak makes it out to be. So, um, and finally we want to get to, uh, looking back at like 2022 briefly, we're not going to go into like this deep dive of of anything like that, but a couple key moments that, uh, we, we, that just stick with us. Obviously the Stanley cup is one of them. So we're not going to focus too much on that because we've done 37 shows about the, uh, the Stanley cup victory. Um, but also, well, we'll do that first, and then we'll, we'll kind of do the looking forward part of it. And for me, there, there's three things that stand out last year. Um, the Darren Helm shot mm-hmm. against St. Louis, that was like, I think I probably like tore an ACL and don't even know it. <laughs> I celebrated so much when that shot went, because that was the second round that they just couldn't get over. And they did, and on that play, are you kidding me? So, so that was uh, something that was just incredible to me. Um, I think the the Kale McCarr spin move mm-hmm. against Chicago was just absolutely incredible. To this day, I watch it over and over and over again, and I'm like, man, if I, I wish I could make moves like that and have hands like that. So, those are two. I'll let you go for a couple if you got any. Peter McNabb. Yeah. yeah. Um, losing him, feeling the importance of his his touch on the entire game and seeing the league also pay their respects, like that was a big moment. Joe Sackett winning. Huge. Finally. Yeah. Finally winning GM of the year. That was huge. Yep. What's your number one? Well, I don't really, I'm not like ranking these as like number yeah, one, but yeah. I think I, like the one I saved for last was, is, is just Eric Johnson. Fine. You know, not, not the cup, you know, winning the cup, obviously. And I say, we're going to talk about the cup. I'm not going to talk about the cup as like, you know, what it means to the avalanche, but what it means to him, like that was huge. That was absolutely huge for him to, to win that. And see, that was going to be my number one. It was mm-hmm. not so much winning the cup, but it was paying off. Miko, Gabe Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon. All those guys. They they had every chance in the world to leave 
and go somewhere else. They stayed. It, trust the process. Yeah. It paid off. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, obviously overall last year was a very good year for the Avs. And Jared Bednar made a comment uh, after the game that they that they just um, lost to Vegas was like, we can't. We can't be that team that looks at last year and just think that things are going to just happen for us. And so, ha- you know, we can look back at 2022. I think, you know, when when seasons come are, are over in yeah. off seasons going forward, we'll look I, that that's when I want to look back at like 2022 and be like, that was obviously a, a meaningful season. Um, but. Are, 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 do we have to like put put it to bed at this point? And oh. not because it's like, oh, we flipped the calendar and it's four days into the new year. Let's put 22 behind us. To me, it's more or less like the way that the Avalanche are playing, f- just forget it. Like it's over. Yeah. It's over. It's done with. It's old news almost. I hate to use that frame, but or that, that phrasing, but you kind of have to feel that way right now. Uh, I think honestly, we we enjoyed the cup. We enjoyed partying all off season. We drank the Kool Aid. We sang mm-hmm. all the small things till we're hoarse. But that happened in 2022, and so did the first half of this season. And you can't tell me like I I remember us kind of like tongue in cheek joking to each other like, can this team lose going into this season? Like we all were so <laughs> high on the Avalanche in that Cup win, we felt like we were on top of the world because we were. And then a new season started. We're not the champions of this season. We haven't won a thing yet. And you can't anticipate being that team that's going to skate into any arena, say, hey, we're the Colorado Avalanche, remember us, and expect to already have four goals before the second period. It's not the same team. You have to go earn that. They earned it last year. It's not. It doesn't pay it forward. You have to earn it game in, game out. And this team needs to realize it. And I think if they were playing where they are at the top of or near the top of the standings, I think we could still puff our chest out a little oh, bit yeah. and be like, hey, we're, we're, we're continuing what, you know, where we ended last year, we're continuing that. And I think you can still hang on to last year in, in some way. Like, it's not like, oh, we're just going to skate through this season. But you can be like, yeah, we, you can have some confidence in your team and have some swagger in your team that, yeah, we just won the Stanley Cup and, and we started a new year and we're still at the top of the standings. But I think the fact that you're not humbles you a little bit and you need some humility and be like, okay, like now now it's a fight. Now it's a dogfight again. Doesn't mean we're out of it. It just means that we got to battle a little bit harder. We, and I think this team can do that. We anticipated last year's cup champion team taking the ice this year. Mm-hmm. And it's more like the team that had Brandon Sod and Ryan Graves. Like, it feels more of that team than the cup-winning team. And I think we have to adjust our expectations mm-hmm. until this team <clears throat> figures out how to play like last year and play yeah. like a champion. So, uh, and I know I said, you know, we got to put last year to bed, but I have to bring up the Nazem Kadri hat trick too. Like, that has to be – that's an all-time moment, an all-time moment for me uh, to watch that happen after everything he went through with, with that St. Louis fan base uh, to stick it to him with a hat trick. One of the most difficult things to do in sports and, and is never a guarantee that you're going to kind of pull that off to pull it off in that moment. Oh, it is. Kiss. 
It is my number one favorite hockey moment of my life. Everybody mm. knows how big Bigger, of a Nas Bigger. fan I am and was mm. and forever will be. That is my number one. It was Ovi's on his back goal he scored against Arizona. as my number one favorite hockey moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that got replaced with that hat trick and everything surrounding it and everything after that and everything that Nas meant to this organization. That will... I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So I do. I think I think the way that it's rolling out right now and playing out right now for the Avalanche, you got to like forget about 2022 right now. If things start turning and and they start, you know, that once all these guys start coming back and they start playing like last year, then we can get to or start getting those feelings of this is what it was like last year. Yep. And and bringing it back. But right now, I think it's it's time to to put it aside for a little while and just focus on the task at hand because the task at hand right now is getting a playoff spot back. That's right. So all right, everyone, uh, that'll wrap it up for today. Ads off again um, on Wednesday, so we'll be back. Uh, preview the game against the Canucks and then anything else that might have happened in Avalanche world or even the hockey world for that matter. Um, but until then, thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast Comment away, YouTubers. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!